coming to that realization of, man, I am at the end of myself. Like, and it wasn't even like I had a cognitive thought that I was. It was just like looking back in hindsight, I was. And um, God met me right when I needed it. You are listening to Naked and Exposed, the podcast, season three, where we discover the power behind our voice, own our stories, and make it look good. I'm your host, Janae. What is up, you guys? Welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of the podcast. I have a good friend here, Zach. What's up, everyone? Got to get my throat cleared up. What is up? All right, I'm ready to go now. <laughs> my water bottle here. I'm ready to go now. Listen, I got some water <laughs> bottles on deck, as you can see, but mm-hmm. the people can't, but it's okay. Um, Zach, how are you doing today? Like, how has today been for you? <laughs> so today was pretty good. Um I woke up kind of late and I helped one of my friends move. <laughs> He's moving to a new apartment and uh, took like three hours. Five guys moved like almost the whole house. So that was chill. Wow. Went home and grubbed. <laughs> and then I went to yeah the gun range and shot one of my guns. I'm not huh? like this gun person. Like we didn't grow up with guns or nothing. So like <laughs> I had to get used to it because I jumped every time a gun like right. shot. So I did that. We I'm sure. Just went out with my dad. Like we never really did that stuff growing up, so it's cool. And uh, then I went to my friend's house and played with this little kid. Listen, yes. children, like childlike faith is such mm-hmm. a thing. Like there's so much beauty in being around children and just how they operate and how they navigate through life without a concern or a care in the world. Yes. Um, and and there's a lot going on right now. Indeed. <laughs> Yeah, I've been praying for that. Like a lot. Come on, like what? Like what? Um, like what about childlike faith? Like, let's just stop. Let's just park it there for a second. Like when you say you've been praying for childlike faith, like in what? In what way? Well, to be honest, it's been like as you get older, you kind of become more cynical in life. You become like more of a I don't know about negative person, but you know, it's kind of like the birth of your faith. You know, you're born again. You come out of that womb yeah. and everything's fresh. You kind of believe everything you, uh, not, you aren't naive, but you just, you don't have many barriers right. to go over mentally, um, just as far as faith. But then, you know, life hits you, you go through stuff. Then it can be a little more tough to have that childlike faith. So I feel like what childlike faith is like kind of summed up is just, not having to question everything. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> just <let's>, like, <laughs> you know, obviously when he's discerning, but like, you know. Question. Like, like imagine that, like imagine not having to question anything and just moving because we know God told mm-hmm. us to do it. But in order to move because God told us to do it, we first have to know that we're hearing the voice of God. Um, and there's something that Zach said within the childlike faith is, is as we get over, older, we get more cynical. 
and and it's unfortunate because it's the truth is like our upbringings, our perspectives, our environments start to shape this reality and this perspective, though it is not always mm-hmm. true. You don't know it's not true until you come into the truth and coming into the truth is is really an encounter with Jesus and growing in relationship with him. But I, too, uh, desire this childlike faith, uh, especially now that I have uh, grown in relationship with God, I'm really trying to practice more just doing it because mm-hmm. God said do it and not caring what other people have to say or what other people have to do, like what other people think or or say about what it is that God is calling, you know, me to do. But I, And I guess for you, like, where is it in your life that you had to just divorce the opinions or the ideas of what other people have placed on you? That's great. Yeah. So kind of recently, actually, um, when I was telling you uh, the other day, I just left my job that I was working at for a year and a half. And, you know, when I was leaving and telling people I was going into full-time ministry, um, they're like, oh man, right. you got a platform like, you know, you can market yourself out there, put yourself out there, put out content. And I I believe that is some people's calls, like wholeheartedly. But for me, like, you know, people, yeah. just because it's some people's calls, they'll put it onto you. And then you'll have this yeah. expectation that is like from people, but God doesn't necessarily expect that of you. So um, there's a little bit of minor expectation or pressure to like, okay, now Zach's going to make his own content. He's going to be somebody, right? you know? And then I was like, but I want to tell other people's stories and use my platform to like actually boost, yeah. to put other, to be the face. I just don't feel like that's my gift or my anointing to like be the face of something, which I think it is some people's, Yeah. but whatever platform I had, like with going into full-time ministry, I want to kind of like use it for other people and I actually have some really cool ideas, but we can get into that. Like, yeah, well, I feel like you have a very unique advantage, um, just in the non-traditional route of how God is taking you when it pertains to ministry and even the job that you, you mm-hmm. just left. I, I don't think anything that we go through is a right. waste. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. Um, and I think that God gives us access, whether it be in the Christian's uh, space or whether it be in a secular space, I think that God gives us access to be able to glean from whomever he needs us to glean from in a moment for us to use it to advance his kingdom, however he sees fit. And so I just think it's so cool that you have this unique advantage and you even just listening to you, like the ability to tell other people's stories is going to go a long, yeah. long way. I, and just like, in the, and I guess like, has there been an encounter or a story? Like what has been like one defining moment or story for you um, just with this switch to hmm. ministry? Yeah. So honestly, it was like a couple, like, so just my freshman year of college got really, he changed my life. He just, you know, it, like he said, it was just like a radical encounter, like with the Holy spirit. And, you know, from that moment, I was really never the same. It felt like I just received a new heart, like in a moment. And then I just, 
started reading the Bible every day. Like, and I grew up Christian, but now I actually wanted to <laughs> and stuff. So yeah, that happened. Listen, out mm-hmm. of reach. Mm-hmm. So I started liking the Bible and reading it and like, there's a hunger there. Um, but like quickly after I, you know, whatever you want to call it, got saved or just really became on fire for the Lord. Um, yeah. I kind of sensed a call to ministry and it wasn't, no one really like put it that in my ear or anything. Cause I wasn't really meeting up with anyone or being like right. disciple discipled at that time. Um, it was just kind of going off of that initial spark. God just, you know, put inside of me. Yeah. And, uh, the first time I actually started meeting up with pastors and, you know, some of my mentors that are now my mentors, um, was to tell them like, Hey, I feel the sense of call to ministry. And, you know, this is still my freshman year, like three months after. And you're like, my pastor's just looking at me, nodding his head, wide eyes, you know, <laughs> intense stare. He's like, well, man, yeah, just, uh, you know, in, in my context, the only like worldview I had for call to ministry was campus ministry. And, you know, right. If you're going to go into campus ministry, you probably want to graduate from your degree just so you can, <laughs> because you're going to be ministering to college students if they have problems on the campus. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I really don't know because I didn't go to college or something. You know, <laughs> college isn't necessary, but if you want to get into that, you know, it might be. But so that was the only kind of worldview we had for ministry back then. And uh, he's like, well, man, yeah, just keep staying in school and, uh, you know, ministering right where you're at and making disciples. And then met up with a couple other mentors and told them. Um, and then a couple of years go on uh, and I go to this conference and they had an actual like moment in the service that was about like, hey, if you feel called to ministry, yep. come up to the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there, really? dude, like just to 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 just yeah, tag yeah. myself in real quick. Like I remember. Yes. <laughs> Yo, crazy story. Cause you, at that time I was in, in the, in my relationship mm-hmm. and like, we were both there. And when the call to ministry happened, my entire body like lit up in flames. Like this is the first time this has ever happened. Like I'm like, I'm talking from yes. toe to head. My body, like it feels like they're, and I honestly thought it was for my friend. Mm. Like, I thought it was for him. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, that's right. He got into ministry. But I think it was maybe about once the relationship <laughs> ended and I went was going through this wilderness season and this pruning season, God was just like, mm. girl, like, that was mm. for you. Wow. And it was like, wait a minute. Because I, too, saw ministry from a one-sided mm-hmm. perspective. Like, I always attributed ministry with being a pastor or, or oh, like, overseeing a church. And if I can be honest, yeah, I don't yeah. want that. Uh, right now, I don't. I don't. Who knows? Mm-hmm. In the future, if God deals with my heart. But I honestly don't think that is the direction in which, you know, I'm headed now that I know more so my identity in Christ. Yeah. But when that happened, I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not for me. Like, I don't ministry, God. I don't want to be. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Tag, no, you're back that's in. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I remember you and your friend there, too. That was cool. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, literally the same type of thing happened. Uh, like, it's crazy because at these moments, there's no music playing. There's no nothing. It's one dude up there speaking. And he just says it. 
and then God comes upon people. And it's really supernatural. Um, just what the Holy Spirit does in this moment, it's like marking people. Um, but, you know, again, I just felt this urge to just stand up. And then my body was like, I was like, I was kind of like, God, please just don't do nothing crazy. Cause I just felt it. I was like, please, Lord, just let me just be a chill person. Like, I don't want to cause a scene or nothing. And then, uh, he's like, come up to the front. I was like, okay. And then like, I start walking up to the front and then like, I just fall half straight on my face halfway there. Yes, and I was just like crying. Like it was just overwhelming. <laughs> like God's spirit just kind of like telling me, yep. Just fail. Yeah, I was like, people thought I was hurt or like I got hurt or hit my head. I was like, nah, like I just, I couldn't walk to any more. <laughs> that was what happened. I couldn't walk any further. And, and you guys to paint this picture real quick, Zach is not a small <laughs> guy. Um, how tall um, are you? Like, are you six? Pretty much six, eight, nine, six, eight. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, mm-hmm. he's tall. Therefore, him going down is it's like a tree trunk. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But just cool. Like it's these supernatural moments of encounter that I feel like we all have the opportunity to um, experience. Mm -hmm. And it's like when you kind of take a step back and really reflect on just the the childlike faith and wanting to be used by God and and answering the call to God and reflecting on that moment where you kind of were like that, that moment, Mm -hmm. like what was like that defining moment and what's wild for me, my defining moment, I was eight Mm -hmm. years old. My uncle was pronounced brain dead and he was in the hospital and one night, and I'm I'm eight, so I'm hearing conversations. I had just mm-hmm. turned eight because we were supposed I wasn't supposed to have my birthday party, but we did because my uncle's health um miraculously did a three sixty um for three days, long enough for him to come wow. back alive to say goodbye on Father's Day and then he mm. departed. But I remember hearing like several family members in discussion um, coming into the revelation that the Lord had them praying at the same time. Wow. And the next day he sits up in bed and the doctors are like, wait, Oof. what? Like they were like, they were like, it was to the point they were like, pull the plug. Mm. There's no brain function. He sits up in the bed the next day and starts talking. That's um, and I was eight. Yeah. Uh, and it's even interesting because eight in the Bible is symbol symbolic for mm. new beginnings, but that was really a defining moment for me. It was like, God, if you're real, like, I think you, like, I, like, I'm like, whatever yeah. this is, like, you know, I want to know you. And I think it's just cool to see how God is in continuous pursuit mm-hmm. of us, even when we don't have the elective delective, I just combine <laughs> the words, the language or the perspective mm. <laughs> To see it, um, that he's always been there and yeah. that he's always been in pursuit after us. And it's like, so, you know, thinking about just that moment of fire coming upon us at the conference and even hearing you say, like, there was a moment of fire that came upon you. And I'm like, yeah. yo, no way. Like, mine too, except mine wasn't, res- I didn't respond in the way that I should have. Oh, I was good. like, nah, this ain't, this ain't God. Um 
But like, what do you, what do you have? Like, what would you say to somebody who's looking to encounter God in this way who hasn't? Like, do you have any advice? Like, just for that, for, for this process for them where they're just like, God, I want to encounter Hmm. you. Yeah. So it's a good question. There's like probably a couple different ways I would um, come at it. We'll start with one and then maybe I'll go into another one or something. But I would say like, as far as experiential, like moments with God, um, it starts with, with being open, like Mm. in your heart, in your mind um, and honest with God. Yeah. Honest. <laughs> I don't think it means like um you have like you definitely don't have to be perfect, obviously. But like there's some type of right. just brokenness in my heart that first time, you know, God really just it was like supernatural. I feel like he gave me a new heart like before that call to ministry, just the the one that kind of got me right with God. Um right. It was just as simple as like I was my heart and my whole being was just in bondage and like I just had there's nothing else for me to to try. There's no other way. Like right. But the spirit of God then like just opened up my heart. And the way it was it it just took a simple response. Like so it was again one of those moments where they were calling people up to the front to just receive prayer. And in my head I said, Nope, I'm not going up. And uh literally <laughs> And then I saw out of the corner of my eye, my friend, he went up and I was like, whatever, I'll just go up. So yeah, literally <laughs> that's what happened. And then I went up and then life was changed forever. And like, forever, yeah, so ever. it took a simple response too. Like, um, and yeah. I didn't even know what happened. Yeah, a just willingness. a willingness and, and God will meet you. And yeah, so I'd say just like a, uh, honesty and willingness and openness pretty yeah. much honesty willingness and openness and i think that is something that we all struggle with um because vulnerability is not easy being honest with ourselves is not easy because we're almost taught um culturally speaking to hide how we mm-hmm. feel Uh, that we can do it on our own for the sake of being strong. And it's like, that's not the case. Like God is just waiting for honesty. (laughs) God is just waiting for a willingness. God is just waiting for a -hmm. yes. Like it's like, once you get to the end of yourself and end of yourself, as in that, that moment where you're like, I cannot do this by myself. Like, God, if you are who you say you are, I need you to show me Mm -hmm. who you are. And guys, I can say from experience that God will, because he did. And I'm sitting here with Zach on this (laughs) podcast today, testifying like this is only possible because I came to the end of myself. And and I think I shared this in an episode. If not, well, you guys can totally hear it today. But I had struggled really bad with anxiety in college and I kind of had my my tipping point. And it was, you know, to the outside looking in, it's like uh, this hospitalized you. Mm. But it did like it was the. It, it, it was the, the 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 straw that broke the camel's back, as the old people say, um, that really pushed me over the edge. Like I've talked about 
dealing with anxiety and, and fear and depression to the point like I would walk. If you're familiar with Greenville, you, you don't walk the streets by yourself, especially yeah. not at night. But I would walk from College Hill to Harris Teeter in the pitch of the mm. black night, um, escaping, like trying to run from something that was internal. Um, like I couldn't run physically and by God's grace, he kept me, but I remembered this. So that was freshman year. I was like doing these running, like just running, 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 staying busy for the sake of being busy. Um, I remember I had a group project. I was partnered with this individual and next thing you know, my friends are driving me to the hospital Mm -hmm. cause I'm thinking this is it. Like I'm going out. Um, and it was in that moment of getting out the hospital and my, my professor, Thinking I was joking when I said I was hospitalized um, and then realizing like, wait a minute, like this is, Mm -hmm. this is serious. Like you, it was this moment where it was like, God, if you are who you say you are, if you are who I have heard other people to testify for to you, for to you to be, if you are who I saw when I was eight years old, when I was trying to wrap my mind, what do you mean? Uh, They prayed and my uncle mm-hmm. came back to life. Like, if you are who you say you are, I need you to show me who you are. And I told God, like, I'm going to give you a year. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I'm being real with you guys. Like, this is not, I'm I'm not here to, to, to sugarcoat. I'm not even telling you to say, okay, God, I'm mm-hmm. giving you a year. And if he doesn't show himself to you in a year that you jump ship, yeah. no. But for me, I said, God, I'm giving you a year. And by God's grace, I I started to journal during Mm. that time. So I was able to look back a year later from the day that I started journaling once I really surrendered to the process and saw how God was moving in this area of calling me deeper into him. And it didn't always look like warm, warmth in the butterflies. Um, Sometimes it looked like Bent over crying in my bed, don't want to get up, but I have this hope mm-hmm. to keep going because I know who God is revealing himself to be to me because in the process of coming to know him, I picked up my Bible and started to mm-hmm. read the word or I started to get corrective cr- criticism or I allowed people to to speak into my life or to be safeties when I fail. Like, like bro, mm. like, I yes. <laughs> that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Anxiety. It's crazy. Yeah. I dealt with it too. So like, and then God, he just came in. It's bad. <laughs> and he said, shoot, like, I'm going to take yeah. this out. I um, mean, on the episode with Eva, I kind of touched on it, but it's like, like God knows, you know, like he knows what we are, what we're dealing with. He knows the storyline and the bloodline that we're born into. He knows why we're here what our lives are supposed to represent and what we are supposed to do to move the kingdom forth. And though we are born into sin and iniquity, is anxiety something he gave us? No, but I do believe it is something that he can use to get us closer to him if we allow it. Because he doesn't give us fear. I mean, that's Second Timothy one seven. God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And you, like God, can still use the shortcomings, the pain, the mm-hmm. frustration, and the doubt to get us into a place where we have nothing but yeah. Him. Um, that's so true. Like, do you ever like? Do you do you just do you? And I'm st- <laughs> stuttering, God. Every time we stutter or stumble, there's a like we're something about to happen in the sense of like. Uh, <laughs> Cool. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm all 
So, Zach, if you're new to this, um, and I think by now my audience should know if they've been listening uh-huh. to me for a while, like in the middle of talking, sometimes God will hijack mm. my speech and be like, you like redirect. No. Yeah. Um, and it's happening. And I think it's I I want to know um, just through you, like, is there do you have a moment where you came to the end of mm. yourself? Hmm. You know, I feel like with, you know, the original um, stuff of just growing up in church and just my testimony in general. Um, yeah. That was definitely a moment because back to like talking about honesty earlier, um, like as being one of the prerequisites uh, for God to kind of meet you and honesty in the sense of like being honest with God about where you're at because um, right. God opposes the proud. So if you don't need him, I mean, all right, then. I mean, we see with Jesus, like <laughs> Jesus was the most compassionate, most loving person. Most compassionate. But there's one group of people. It seemed like he was a little more harsh with, and it was the proud Pharisees. So you kind of see that in God's character, he's like, like literally everything but pride. He uh, kind of deals with in that loving, compassionate way, but pride, he just, he's a little more forceful at times, still loving still good but that's just a pattern with god you see throughout scripture but um yeah yeah like coming to that realization of man i am at the end of myself like and it wasn't even like i had a cognitive thought that i was it was just like looking back in hindsight i was and um god met me right when i needed it and even later you know after that moment of, you know, re-coming to Christ and being lit on fire, like, you know, I dealt with anxiety and in a sense came to the end of myself with, with that, like, with um, that. it was just like, man, this isn't adding up. It was like after four months of just trying and praying and doing everything I could to, um, you know, be alleviated of it. But after like four months of dealing with it, just sleepless nights, like calling my brothers, you know, on the phone, like, hey, just pray for me. Um, tell yeah. my pastors, then pray for me, fasting, like seemed like nothing was working. Um, it was like four months. I just came to the end of myself. I was like, man, let me just go to the church and pray because I was feeling anxious. It happened every night before bed. Couldn't go to sleep. So I go to the church and unlock it. I throw on some worship music and I'm just praying. And then wow, I was just like, man, his word says that in his presence is fullness of joy and that his right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so I was like, man, I'm not, I was just talking to God and fighting with his word. I was like, I'm not going to settle for anything less than that, like fullness of joy. And uh, I mean, even after 20 minutes to 30 minutes or so, it was about that like hour and a half mark. I just remember it was like, it just broke off. Like it just oh. like in my heart, it just opened up. It was like I could breathe again. Like cause anxiety just kind of right. like tightens up your chest. And uh, like, as soon as I took a breath and I was just laughing and crying with joy, I was like, Oh my gosh, I can breathe again. And then I uh, started like just <laughs> running around the sanctuary, jumping up and down and, having a good old time and just stayed probably another 30 minutes just worshiping i was like thank god and so it's since then it's been fundamentally like different like 
as I relate to anxiety, like it must have been miraculous. Um, but that brings me to like maybe another thought that I'll get your thoughts on. Like God does stuff in our lives and like he changes you in an instant and makes it fundamentally different. But then you have to walk it out and like mm. there, there's this like kind of roller coaster of uh, your sanctification <laughs> where God, like, yep. like you said, he uses all things for good. Uh, even like the thing, the bad things that happen to us, which is an amazing thing. Yeah. I'm like, even since then, I mean, there's been times where I've like felt anxious, like, you know, mm-hmm. but now it's like, Oh, I remember, you know, what he did in me, you know, what he's done. Like it's, it's right. finished. And, and plus with the whole anxiety thing, it took a holistic approach, but the last thing was that spiritual, you know, thing that needed to go. Yep. <laughs> but, once that happened, but yeah, it's just that roller coaster that, after the initial breakthrough that happens and you still got to walk it out. What do you think? You still have, like, I relate so much with this, um, on so many levels. Um, even now in my, in my, my current stage of life. And one of the things that I'm, that my church even teaches and they do a really good job on just identity. But then w- once you come to know who you are, that deliverance is, a process Mm -hmm. and it's sometimes a decision. And yes, I have been freed from the spirit of fear. I'm, I'm almost, I think three years in almost three years in three years in, in December, I know the Mm. date that I was freed from it, but then I was delivered from the spirit of fear. A month later, I was sent into a foreign land to walk it out. And I was in the house with eight females and every, almost every one of them dealt Mm. with fear to the point you could see it manifesting on their Mm. bodies. And it's like, okay, God, you freed me from this. And then you send me into a house where I have to not succumb to the pressure or the weight of what they're going through. And it's like, yeah, it's my strength Mm. that you lean on. Like it's not, it's not your strength, but even to dig a little bit deeper in that um, it's the Bible verse where it says like a spirit is casted out and it roams to and fro looking for a house that it can devour. But when it cannot find rest, it tries to come back and bring spirit seven Mm -hmm. times stronger than it. And for me, the revelation that God has shown me with this and you guys, if you're listening and you look up that Bible verse, please study it to test yourself approved. Please ask the Lord to reveal to you truth. Please take everything I'm saying um, and allow God to walk you through it. Um, Whenever we talk Bible or scripture, the the goal is that you study it for mm-hmm. yourself. Um, and you, because there, I mean, there are times where we just get it wrong. So I just want to, yeah, you know, yeah. put that out there. But what God began to reveal to me in that moment was that when you're a born again, blood washed believer, the enemy or the spirit that was casted out has no authority. So the only thing that fear can do is look and look mm-hmm. from the window. But if I close the curtains, it can. However, I'm cleaning up my house. Like God's cleaning up the house. Like He's we're sweeping up the house. We're remodeling. Mm-hmm. We're repainting it. Almost like you know, you you yeah. get a house and you're you're flipping it and you want to make it nicer. But and that's what Jesus mm-hmm. is doing to us internal. But it doesn't mean that there's not residue or there's not cracks and and holes that God needs yeah. to fix up. And that is kind of the the leftover of what fear has left mm-hmm. behind. And it's not. And then going back to even the analogy where fear is outside, like not. It's this reality that, yes, I'm free from the spirit of fear. Yes, I know who God is, but I have to be aware of when the spirit of fear tries to get me to come back into agreement with it. Um, 
and that's why this season has been so important for me to stay in the in the presence of God. Um, and I even just think that this season speaks to God personally, freeing me from the spirit of fear because I haven't had fear around mm. COVID. It's kind of been like this perspective, like, God, you're good because that is who you are and you're a protector and you're a provider and you're going to keep yeah. me because there's, you know, we both know what it's like to worry yeah, sure. uh, and to doubt and to but, but what's the point in worrying and doubting? Like it only makes us mm-hmm. sick. It only makes our bodies weaker yeah. when we can renew our mind. Cause and you, you touched on it. You, you said, even when you feel anxious, you remind yourself mm-hmm. of the word of God. Well, guess what? That is what Jesus yeah. did in the wilderness. When the enemy came to test him, he used the word of God. Mm-hmm. He didn't use his opinions. He didn't use yeah. his feelings. He used the word of God to stand upon. Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, for me, it's it's always those reminders, but it's also another level when you start, like I had a dream, I was casting yeah, stuff out and I had that. to call people to pray <laughs> because I'm like, wait a minute, like God, wait, this is, a, this a, wait a minute, yeah. this is a whole nother level, but it, it just, it's just another level of access and another level of clarity of what he's caused us to do. Because I believe that when we are free from something, we now have, or have the authority to tread over it. And we also have the authority to help other people yes, become free. That is so true. Yeah. Cause like, that's so good. Even with like <laughs> the topic of anxiety, like I've been able to, you know, use my experience with it to help others, you know, just simple as that. And that's again, yeah. like, God working, you know, a bad thing for a good thing, but it's amazing. Yeah. Yo, like it, it so is. And it's, <laughs> you guys, y'all are probably laughing. Like it's, I think for me, like even in these moments, it's just cool to see just how God like steers the conversation. And I think, you know, whoever is listening, you may be struggling with anxiety or you may have been freed from anxiety and you're looking for the next step, or you may be wondering like, what does this have to do with childlike faith? (laughs) Uh, But the truth is (laughs) like, the truth is it's all connected. Like it's all connected because when you have the childlike faith to know that God will never leave nor forsaking you, or God will never do anything to intentionally Mm -hmm. hurt you, then anything that does not, uh, that anything that does not align with scripture or the nature of God, you can kick it to the curb. Like seriously, you can Mm -hmm. kick it to the curb. Like you can stop rehearsing the lies. You can stop believing it. And in return, that relieves you from some of the, the cynic stuff. Did you say cynic? What was the cynical? There we go. You can, you can let go of some of the cynical stuff and start to see freshly through the perspective in the lens of God. And in return that, that frees you like, yeah, like guys, like in order to show up in this season authentically, we have to be honest with ourselves, as as Zach said in the beginning, when it pertains to encountering God in new ways. We have to be honest and willing and surrendered. Mm-hmm. So that God can rewrite the narrative and remove the junk so that we can get back to a place of childlike faith. So it's all connected. Booyah. Booyah. (laughs) Um, And just showing up. And so, um, Zach, before we close, I have a question and I've been asking these with with, um, everyone else who has been that I have recorded the episodes with. And it's... um, from the we're not really strangers game i don't know if you've been seeing uh, that on I don't, um, know. I don't think so it's okay because i'm gonna ask you one of these All questions right. and 
Answer okay. it the best way you know how. All right. What do you need to forgive yourself mm. for? The deep question. <laughs> Dang. What do I need to forgive myself for? Hmm. I have to think. Yeah. I was meeting up with someone like, I think a week and a half ago, and we were sort of talking about this. Um, Good. He prepared yeah, you yeah. for it. <laughs> it. It was rooted in like identity. He was talking about like, we kind of view ourselves normally just as bad, like in a, in a big picture type yeah. thing. But we were just talking about how in Christ we are righteous and, and all that good stuff, just the gospel. Um, but having like a low, low self view of yourself, um, and why that wow. is and like, or, and even how you can detect it. Like he, he gave the example. He was right. like, Hey, if Zach, if someone says you're bad at basketball, like you're not really going to, it's not going to affect you you don't believe that about yourself. You know, it's not true. But if someone right. says like, oh, you're forgetful or you're not whatever, responsible, da 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 then it might impact you because if you believe it about yourself, like, so it's kind of that thing about believing right. yourself. Um, but, hmm, I'll, I'll put it like this. I'll forgive myself for being... Blaming things that have maybe not gone the way I planned. Mm-hmm. I've blamed those things on me being myself. So wow, I'll just forgive myself for not being okay with being myself. Listen, that'll go yes. a long way, okay? Because um, I, you know, I, when I ask those questions, I always like to answer them as well. Um, and if you're listening to this, you guys, like, what is one thing that you need to forgive yourself from? And then I just encourage you to reflect upon it, write it down and start to ask the Lord and start to move into the directions of forgiving yourself. But it's like, what do I need to forgive myself for? And for me, it would be um, always having to, I, and it's so, and I think for me, it's no, so it's complex okay. because on one part, it's like, um, for feeling like I always have to show up and it's almost like, Oh, this is counterintuitive, Janae. Like you're, you're the theme of this is the show must go on, but I'm saying it from a perspective of obligation or a perspective of, I have to, because nobody Mm -hmm. else will, instead of doing it from a place of authenticity of who God has called me to be, there's still levels of, self that are that's yeah. in the way um that kind of perverts that perspective mm. so i would say for me it's it's the the guilt or the weight of having to show up because nobody because my perspective is that nobody mm. else will and it's not always and i'm not going to even give any disclaimers i'm gonna just leave it at that yeah, yeah, um, because yeah. <laughs> i think it's so easy to like justify what we say because we don't want people to judge us but i mean the the heart of vulnerability is is the the root of vulnerability is to be wounded like there's a possibility that we can mm-hmm. bear our hearts and our souls and be judged and it's okay because our identity is yeah. found in Christ and not the opinions mm-hmm. of other people so let me take my mm-hmm. own advice That's good. <laughs> um, and move on so Zach would you um, do us the honors I don't even know if I've done this on the the podcast before but just 
if somebody is listening to this episode or has and has listened to all the episodes up until this point and they're like, you know what, I want to encounter this God that you are talking about. I want to know Jesus for myself. Could you just lead them into a prayer of salvation? Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, so I kind of started off with a, maybe a couple thoughts too and then the prayer. Um, if you yeah. aren't a Christian and if you're listening to this and you just found out on somebody's page or wherever. Um, and like Janae said, you kind of want to experience God. You want to give your life to God. You, you need God and you realize that um, God has made provision for you to be forgiven, to be healed, to be adopted, to be redeemed in his son, Jesus through dying on the cross. And if you grew up in America, you've probably heard that. Um, But a lot of people don't know why he had to die. And he died because God does not like sin. And we've all sinned. But it sounds harsh until you realize that God himself bore the penalty for our sins. Imagine someone taking a jail sentence for you, you know, uh, or something like that. But it sounds harsh until you realize God himself bore the punishment, like all that anger, like justifiably, if someone does something wrong to one of our children or offends us, we think we all the time, like think, Oh, we want to get revenge or we should do something. That sense of justice because God is just so, um, but through Jesus, who is God, uh, he came down and, and died the death that we deserved and we should have died. And, by our faith in what he did on our behalf, we become the righteousness of God. Um, and it's an amazing thing. And wow. he gives us a new heart and adopts us and enables us to live the life we've always wanted to or felt like we should. So, uh, God, I thank you. And I guess if you want to pray this or just think yeah. about that, it doesn't even have to be a prayer always. It can just be a um that, oh my gosh, that makes sense. And I, I trust that what Jesus did was for me and you're saved, but you can pray this too. Like, God, I need you. I surrender my life to you. I trust that what you did on the cross for me enables you to forgive my sins and that you will never again hold my sin against me. Because you poured out all your anger, all your wrath and judgment on your son, Jesus. And you have none left for me because there's therefore now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. So, yeah, I'm kind of praying and leading on a prayer. I'm praying for y'all at the same time. It's kind of a mixture. But yeah, um, you can pray. So good. God, forgive me of my sin based on what Jesus did. I trust you. Change my heart. It can be as simple as that. Amen. Yeah. Amen. It's kind of a ramble there. Amen. (laughs) No, it's cool. I mean, it's authentic. It's true. It's real. And um, just before we close, like the part where you said it doesn't always have to be a prayer, like even in that is Mm -hmm. liberating and freeing in the aspect of 
Like, guys, if you want a relationship with God and Jesus, like if you want a relationship with Jesus Christ, just say, I want mm-hmm. a relationship with you, God, and I want you to show me how to be in relationship with you. And then from here, guys, I would just challenge you to get into a, a Bible-believing church, one that teaches the Word mm-hmm. of God from the perspective of truth and just heal and go through the process and come to know yeah. who you are as children of Him. Like we are children first and then everything else do everything else flows mm-hmm. from there. So Zach, I just yeah, thank no you um, for your willingness to be a part of this yes. event. Um, this year, you guys, Zach played mm-hmm. the Cajon. The Cajun. So, no, no, Is it the Cajun? The Cajun is the bootleg way to say it. Yeah. The boot, like, wait, he played the cajon, so it was acapella style, and so um, this is this was Zach's first year mm-hmm. in the showcase, and so Zach, I just thank you for your yes, your willingness to partner yeah. with us, and then even coming on mm-hmm. here today to just have this conversation. Yeah. I think for me, it's, I think I I just like um that we can be mm-hmm. honest, like that we can be transparent and vulnerable, and there doesn't like there's no format, yeah. um, and I think at this point. There, there is no format, no matter how hard I try. It's all good. No, thank you for having me. This is awesome. I love doing stuff like this. Yes. So, anytime. Yes. Please let the people know how they can connect yeah, with you. Yeah, so if you want to connect with me, you can go to my Instagram. That's probably the best way. And it's just at, and then Z-A-C-H-H-A-L-L-O-W. So it's at Zach Hallow. And um, if you go to the link in my bio, I have a, newsletter that you can subscribe to you just click the link and then put your name and email and you'll get monthly updates in your email from me yes so good so good so good so guys if you want to connect with zach if you want to know more about his story if you are needing help and guidance in this process of walking out your salvation he is definitely the one to go to um so we appreciate you guys for listening for listening i'm talking too fast at this point i'm like combining words and cutting them short um but we'll Mm -hmm. holler at y'all later bye-bye Thank you guys for listening to today's episode and I'm hoping that you have a journal, that you've taken some notes, that you reflect and process through some of the things that we discussed today on how you can show up with God. I would love to stay connected with you. You can follow me at underscore Janae Carly on Instagram or just visit my website, JanaeCarly.com. Holla. Holla.